first, a little announcement. This is our last original episode of the year. We are taking a teeny tiny break. Our first since 2016. Because next year, we're going to be a lot kinder to ourselves. And the best way to start is to give ourselves the gift of not adding more stress these last couple weeks of 2022. And hey, if you've still not seen the kitschy drag lip sync Christmas video that I made a few years ago, go check it out on our YouTube channel because I finally put it up there. But not until after you've listened to this masterpiece of a holiday special. Take that, Perry Como. We now join your standard episode intro, already in progress. We've got a party-sized winter holiday episode for you this year. First, we break down how it's the season when everybody's an old-world pagan, listing all those ways that most folks actually celebrate Yule, no matter what they're calling it. Then we take a look at a few American Christmas traditions, with traditions in big ol' quotation marks. And you didn't think you were getting out of the Year of the Saints without hearing about St. Nicholas, do you? Well, you're getting a twofer in this episode, but you need to listen closely and follow instructions, or you just might miss the best bit. Do you see my Starbucks cup? Oh, look at you! I, well, because I just went to Safeway and then I went to Target. Because I had to buy hair dye, a.k.a. beard dye. So, because I'm. are you drinking something Christmassy or is it just a Christmassy cup? I am drinking something Christmassy. I am actually drinking the caramel brulee latte. Oh, how she-she. Which is new this year, and it's actually good. That actually does sound very, very good. Does it have, like, that kind of burnt sugar taste, which is the Oh, it's good, yeah. It tastes like you're sucking on one of those, you know, those old suckers, those caramel suckers from C's Candies? I totally know what exactly that tastes. Yeah, yeah that they're, they're not quite hard candy, but they're almost hard candy, and they're caramel. That's what this tastes and like. And it's that's it's a caramel that only C's Candy makes. Like, I don't know why no one else can make that exact, yes. that exact uh, chemical, like, sugar balance of, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but C's has this magic where they do something very special with caramel. Yes, and this brulee latte, caramel brulee latte, tastes like the C's caramel suckers that you can only get special times a year. Oh my god. (laughs) And of course that reminds me of uh, the other day I was going back through our old uh, Christmas episodes 
and one of our early Christmas episodes, back when you still lived here and we would record actually sitting next to each other, um, and we were sampling the juniper latte that you Ugh. you picked up at Starbucks on your way over to my house, and we sipped it, and it was so fucking gross. I remember that. And then you realized after we drank a little bit, you stirred, you took the stirrer and you stirred it and you realized that, that there was some sediment at the bottom. There was particulate matter and you stirred it and then it was even worse because... Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, one. no. It's so, it was so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> We've, but you know we what? We sampled two different juniper-themed beverages on this oh. show, and both of them were completely vile. <laughs> but you know what? Starbucks does not have that this year. I, I'm willing to bet they never did that one again. I'm, I'm willing to bet that was an, an utter failure. Yeah, because, or at least the Starbucks in the Target stores don't have that this I year. I mean, not that I, not that I go. I mean, I really am not someone who goes to Starbucks, so... I mean, I don't go anywhere. I mean, let's be honest. I don't leave my house. If there was if there was a Starbucks in my house, then I would know what Starbucks had, but I, I don't actually know. Yeah, I mean, I try not to go anywhere, but unfortunately I have Well, yeah, you know, you have a job that takes you places. I, you know, I try never to go, so... You know, I have a job, and then I have to take my mother places. But yeah, you know, if it was up to me, I would just stay home in front of the Xbox all day. Of course. But I digress. Yes. Anyway, we are recording our Christmas episode for 2022. The Christmas extravaganza, which uh, is always very, very festive. And we, we love coming up with... What the hell are we going to do for Christmas? <laughs> uh, you know, just like we do with our other themed episodes throughout the year. Where, you know, every every time we do a thing, then it's, okay, well, we have to check that off the list. We can't we can't do that again. So we've already, you know, we've already done things like, you know, we've talked about Black Pete. And we've talked about um, uh, the, 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 uh, the Catalonian... The, the the thing that shits in the ma- next to the manger, oh, yeah. and the um and the little the uh, little uh oh what's it what's uh un- the Tio Nadal the 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 log that you beat with the stick and then it poops treats for you. Oh my god! Those people yes, are obsessed with that. poop over there in Catalonia, and um yeah, just all kinds of weird crap that we've talked about over the years about Christmas. You know, yeah, and we've done Christmas music, we've done Christmas-themed horror movies. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we are going this year into a little tradition. Yeah. Not to say we're going to be traditional, because, yeah, no, because it's us. But we're going to just look at at Christmas traditions in the way that we look at things. Yes. Through the through the Pitney and Amelia lens, yes. So buckle up. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So let's talk about all of this. You know, put the Jesus back in the season. Oh, must we? And you know all that because the 
fact of it is, the fact, and this is proven capital F fact, this is not Pitney, my opinion is fact, fact. This is like real fact, right? Jesus was not born in goddamn December. Oh, absolutely not. There is no goddamn Jesus in this season. Not in this season. There is no Christ in Christmas. Nope. And I'm just going to really briefly talk about that. Well, we're really going to talk briefly. about what what this actual season actually is. Uh, yes. Which has nothing to do with the word Christmas. So here you yeah, go. Yeah, because, you know, if you talk about Yule and you talk about Midwinter... You know, in pagan tradition, if you want to talk theology, there is a myth, and this is myth, based on the seasonal factual things, which I'll talk about in a minute, but don't don't be worried. This ain't going to last long, you know. We could talk about this for hours, but it's going to be a couple of minutes. This is all very educational, and it will be, you'll have all kinds of little light bulbs. Yes. Little light bulbs going off in your head. This is all very interesting. If this is stuff you haven't thought about before, this will be very interesting to you. Yeah. But the whole Jesus thing. Okay, Jesus, you know, allegedly the son of man, the son of God, the savior of the world, right? Blah, 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 blah. Born. Pretty fabulous, right? Except he wasn't born in December. He was born in, what, June or July, is I think is what it really, what they nailed it down to, I think. I think if you, if you go through all the, all the evidence based on all the stories and all the, all the festivals and all the positions of things in the sky and the way everything was described, I think they figured out that it was like late spring, early summer. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you know. But that's an inconvenient time to celebrate it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, blessed be Jesus. I ain't Jesus bashing. I think he's fabulous. Blessed be Jesus, right? And why they're saying he was born in December is there is, oh, I'm going to go with my belief system really, really quick, and then I'll go on and just, like I said, two minutes ain't going to bore anybody. In Wiccan myth. And we know it's myth. So I don't want anybody listening to this via, well, it's just made up, Darren. It's just made up, so you can't believe in that shit, right? We know it. It's myth. It's metaphor, like the Bible, right? It's all made up. Everything's made up. Words are made Um, up. Everything's made up. It is... The longest night of the year. It is the sun just peeking out to eventually make everything warmer and eventually make everything better. Hence the birth of the sun god. Yeah, the longest night means the shortest day, which means the day goes from being the smallest to growing. Yes, so it's the birth of hope. It's the birth of light. It's the birth of the sun god. It's the birth of the sun. It's the birth of the child of light. Yes. So sun god, son of god? Ooh, that's not a big stretch. Okay, continue. (laughs) You know, and there's like, you know, numerous, you know, goddess traditions as well that like, 
they'd celebrate this, but they celebrate, oh, the fertility of the goddess because they went into the cave and gave birth to the sun god. Right. So it's all about the birth of a male deity figure that is supposed to bring hope and light, light. Right. To the world. Out of the darkness. Out of the darkness because it's the winter solstice. And... When when you're giving birth to a baby, how how long has that goddess been pregnant? And that is the interesting thing too, because in the pagan wheel, Ostara, aka Easter, yep, is what March April. Well, it's nine months ish before. Yeah. Christmas. So, before Yule. Hello. Hello. Yeah. The fertility the fertility celebration is is right is is the beginning when she becomes impregnated and yes. then she gives birth to the sun on Yule. So there you go. Well and it's actually gone. I mean, if you really want to get technical, it's like She's celebrating her fertility and her... She gets knocked up. Her horniness at Easter. It's the fucking... But the pregnancy happens at Beltane in May. But then somehow birth happens in December, which doesn't really quite fit biologically. But but it still has nothing to do with... Jesus being born. Of course not. Which is the point. Um, But the message is the same. Right. The message of hope and love and the birth of the light of the world, blah, 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 is the same. And surrounded by woodland creatures. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of nice. Like a Disney movie. Yes. You know, so Yule, Midsummer, and it's interesting to note, too, that also it's like there, there's like two, you know, there's interesting, um, there's two pagan points of view as far as, uh, uh, let's put it this way, in books and on record, two pagan points of view regarding um, the new year. Oh, like when the year Some starts. people right. think it's Samhain, which is... Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Other people think it is um, Yule, Midsummer. I could see that. I think, or Midwinter, Midwinter, I'm sorry, Midwinter. I think it's Midwinter. To me... That makes more sense. To me, Samhain is the death of the old year. And then Yule is the birth of the new one. And to me, there's like dead time in between where you're needing to like figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. But that's, anyway, but that's just an interesting thing. We could go on about forever for about that, but that's an interesting thing. But I would say the majority of pagans celebrate Yule also as, you know, the birth of the sun, but also in conjunction with the new year. Yeah. Because that is when the sun is starting to begin. Right. So, yeah. So again, fuck you, Western society. It's all about paganism. Oh, yeah. And New Year's Day is 
actually the winter solstice. So fuck off, you January 1st purists. You know? Right. <laughs> a hell of a lot of that are things that are traditional Christmas things that in fact almost anything that's considered secular the secular symbols of Christmas I can't think of anything really of like the traditional secular part of Christmas that isn't directly related to the Yule celebration. Oh yeah. And I will point out the fact that Yule is not a word that people aren't familiar with. I mean, like you say, you walk up to an average person on the street and you say Beltane and no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. Oh yeah. But if you say Yule to someone, they know you're talking about Christmas because everyone's heard of Yuletide. Everyone's heard of a Yule log. Every, you know, because we still use that word because this is fucking Yule. Whether yeah. we realize it or not, we are celebrating Yule, even if we call it Christmas. Yeah. Because all this shit is Yule. Like, yeah. should we start with the tree? With the fucking tree? Just the idea of bringing a tree inside? I mean... Uh, yeah, so, you know, traditionally the thing about the tree... The tree is an evergreen. Just that in and of itself. That in and of Celebrating itself that is kind of a tree. what it symbolized. Because, you know, we're talking about these traditions were made when times were pre-technology. Times were hard. Times sucked. And you literally did live by... Not to be redundant, but the wheel of the year, or in secular terms, you live by the seasons. Yeah, you were very close. Everything you did was closely tied to the seasons. You, you so knew evergreens were a symbol of, like, oh my fucking god, everything is dead. We have no food left. We're using everything up. Everything is frozen. But these are still green. Yeah. These are still vibrant. That is what the whole thing is based upon with the trees. And if you don't live somewhere that has real winters, um, I mean, I, I have lived places like that, but I don't currently live in a place like that. But if you don't live somewhere like that, I don't know if you can fully understand how crazy it is that there are trees that are that are literally that never lose their greenness through the, int- like, the harshest possible winter. Oh, God, I can drive three hours in Nevada and see that. You yeah. know what I mean? But, yeah. But, like, if you if you live in a place that everything else loses its leaves and goes bare and dies, all everything around you dies except this particular kind of tree, it's astonishing. And if yeah, you were someone, you know, hundreds of years ago yeah. who didn't really know how all this worked, that would be a magical thing to you. You know, but that isn't, again, we're simplifying this for the sake of this is not like a class in pagan theology. Right. Or in Yule history, we're just, you know what I right. mean. But yes, 
And anyway, so the trees, the red berries. Yeah. They were well aware that those red berries are not edible. Oh, yeah. Holly is a nasty plant. But it's also a symbol of what is to come. It's a symbol of hope. They brought them in. Hollies are very sturdy plants. To celebrate the fact that I, I, I'm I'm doing hand motions here like I'm teaching a class because I'm so are. used to teaching he's, this kind of stuff in my classes. He's I'm literally like, miming the wheel like he's like he's doing the hands of a clock. I know, but this is what I'm used to when I talk I about this stuff because I I think I'm in like the bookstore. I know in the teach in the classroom, but <laughs> you know, but you. I've seen this class. God I've seen it. this before. <laughs> You know, but you're literally, like, thinking, okay, this is, and there's these berries, and, like, oh, my God, there is actually still something blooming. Yeah. We're going to celebrate this, and we're going to pray to it, and we're going to offer it up, and we're going to be like, please let this happen in reality. When the rest of the world is gray and white. Because everything sucks right now. And please let the weather get better as the sun is coming and let this happen. That's where it all came from. And it's just like, but the joy, the gifts, the that all stems from this tradition of it's a time of want, but it's also a time of hope. It's the reminder that this is all gonna. The sun's gonna. The sun is coming back. This is going to melt. Yeah. So people would yeah. give gifts. Well, I don't have blah blah blah. You don't have blah blah blah. But I do. So here. Yeah. Because it's all gonna get better. I have. I made a whole bunch of reindeer jerky here. You can have some of this, and you can have some cheese, or you can have some. Yeah. yeah and it was a celebration of. Oh my God! This is the longest night of the year, and oh my, oh my God! Now it's starting to lessen, so things will get better. Yeah, and that's really what it is. Yeah, when you really look yeah, at the yeah, we're over the hump, and it's it's gonna get better from this moment on. Yeah. So, what are some other Yule related? symbols that we still use oh lord the mistletoe yeah which is basically a parasite that lives on some trees i used to have some in my front yard of my old house yeah and i was actually reading about mistletoe and i couldn't really find anything definitive definitive about it is it another thing like holly that tends to stay green longer through the winter all i was able to really find is that it's poisonous if you ingest it yeah and that yeah i really couldn't find anything definitive about it other than the fact that it's green and because and I never, I never saw it in the wild until I lived in Texas. And so it's I a legend, you know, and it and it was like a symbol of fertility. So, aka, the kissing, maybe. I mean, I could, I really could not find anything definitive on that. And I looked. Maybe, maybe it is an evergreen. 
because it's a parasite, maybe it lives longer in the winter than other things because it's a parasite, so it sucks the life out of other things. Yeah, but there is... Well, there's the Yule Log, but is that even really a thing? We have a Yule Log every year in Austin. Yeah. Next to the, oh, next to I the remember... Christmas tree. <gasps> I remember going to that. It was fabulous. I mean, that you know... huge fucking log. And yes. they, make, they make the um, the cake kind of Yule Logs. I mean, mm-hmm. Yule Logs exist as desserts, so people are aware that a Yule Log is a thing, even if they've never seen a real big fucking log that burns for, you know, a month. You know, even if people don't, even if people haven't seen an actual log, they've seen the fucking cake that basically just looks like a giant ho-ho. You know, I think... Painted like a log. Okay, so next next Christmas, because I can't do it now, because next Christmas I'm going to fly out to Austin and I'm going to take control of city council. And I'm going to be like, when you light that goddamn Yule Log in Zilker Park, it's going to be the way that it's supposed to be. Which is what? And I'm going to make all these fucking Christians jump over that log full of flame to celebrate going from the dark to the light. And to celebrate the light coming in. How do you know they... How do you know there isn't local pagans who are in charge of it? I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Because it's become such a... Oh, we're gonna go and look at this beautiful log and meditate on the Lord. I seriously doubt the Christians even know it's there. Oh, I hope you're right. I, I think the people who worry too much about the Lord don't even go down to Zilker Park to look at the tree. Oh, they would probably get because, upset because there's not crosses on every display down there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the weirdos like in my parents' neighborhood, although they, they there don't seem to be as many as there used to be, who would have like a cross made out of Christmas lights or like the one at the, at the opposite corner of their block who had like a circle with a cross in it out of white Christmas lights. And I'm like, is that supposed to be a communion wafer? <laughs> like, I don't really understand what the hell that's supposed to be, but it's like, it always just made me so annoyed because it's like, um, crosses are Easter. Like, do you not even know what holiday you're supposed to be decorating for right now? Put that up at Easter time. What the fuck? Oh my make god! A, make a manger. Make a manger out of lights. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna Jesus it up, make a big giant baby or something. Oh lord! Oh, I just gotta tell you something really, really quick. Uh, off topic, but on topic because it's about the Yule log. Okay. Okay. So I had this log. That I had in San Antonio. Oh, that we used to like put candles on. Yes, and that I used to be there for you. Like, yes, you were. Oh, you remember that log? Yeah, that log was. Oh my God! At least six yules. At least it was covered in candle wax because you would just stand more and more candles on it. Yeah, and, yeah. and it had all these cuts in it that we could put candles on it. Yeah. Anyway, when I moved to California, I sadly had to leave that log behind. It stayed there. Oh, really? Now, 
Trisha has possession of that log. Good. I was just going to say, someone should have... Has possession of that log and it says it's saving it for me and I am going in February to New Mexico to visit Trisha. Oh, wow. And... You're going to bring it back? I'm bringing the log home to California. Holy crap. (laughs) So I'm going to have my traditional coven... Even though the coven's long dead, but yeah. it still means a lot to me. I'm going to have my traditional coven you'll log back. Oh my god. Isn't that fabulous? Holy crap. Yes, and I'm so excited I'm going to have that log. And it's so funny because I looked into shipping it. Oh, that thing's probably weighs a ton. Oh yeah, do you know how expensive it is to ship a goddamn heavy log? Oh, I'm sure it's a lot. It's really expensive, and part of me was laughing, and I'd be like, oh my god, what <laughs> I'm shipping a goddamn log. And I could have checked it on the plane in a box as luggage, but how would I get it to the car from the baggage claim? Yeah, I don't see how. Yeah, I, I think the airline would be looking at it pretty funny. I think you're going to have to drive there and drive it home. Yeah, but it's in New Mexico now. Oh, my God. And I will have it in February. So next Yule, I will have my Yule log. Oh, my And God. I'm very excited. That is terribly exciting. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I'm totally excited oh about it. Oh, my God. But anyway, okay. So the Yule, so the Yule log has, has been having adventures. <laughs> yes, yes. Is wassail a thing? You know, oh. is wassail is wassail a pagan drink? I'm gonna Google wassail. Oh yeah, because you would go mulled cider, right? Yeah, and is that related to the wassail where you would go, you know, house to house? Where right? you where you like go? Yeah, where you go? Um, it's yeah, a Yuletide yeah. drinking ritual, and you go wandering around and. Uh, I guess you, well, I guess because you're using your apples, you're using all, but I guess you're using your apples before they rot, the last of the apples. Yeah, but I will say, yeah, in fact, in fact, um, the Celtic folk band Golden Bow, who I've been a fan of since the 80s, thank you very much, and they still do Christmas concerts every year, and I just bought tickets for theirs this year. One of their songs on their first Christmas album is Wassail, Wassail All Over the Town. Our toasted is white and our ale it is brown. Right. Um, yeah, so you would go door to door um, caroling. And, come to think of it, here we come a wassailing, which is, which is one of those traditional... Uh, Christmas carols literally says God bless you and send you a happy new year. So that's why that's why Yule is the new year. Yeah. that's It totally is. That's why Christmas and New Year are tied together because it really should be. And you know, Wasailene is Christmas caroling. Christmas caroling has nothing to do with bringing the joy of right. Jesus to your house. 
And it has nothing to do with your 50s it, family values. It has to do with making sure your neighbors all have enough. And yes. Taking taking what you have to, around to your neighbors yeah. and making sure you everybody went is And okay. you sang and you shared what you had. Right. And that's what it was about. Exactamundo. Wasail, wasail all over the town. Our toast it is white and our ale it is brown. <laughs> and there I will stop. <laughs> beverage to another i want to i want to talk a little bit i want to get into things that are a little more um uh capitalistic um we're gonna get we're gonna go a little more 20th century and uh capitalist <gasps> a bit. christmas capitalists don't say what <laughs> um talk about how the coca-cola company is responsible for why the image of santa claus stopped changing over time and solidified as this very specific look and (gasps) didn't change again oh my god i don't know that you, oh my god you don't know that that's entirely coca-cola no i totally oh don't my god. okay oh so, my goodness so i mean you know that like if you look at like old illustrations of of santa claus you get sometimes he's wearing blue sometimes he's wearing green sometimes he's wearing brown sometimes he's wearing red uh sometimes he's dressed all in fur you know, sometimes he, he has fucking antlers on. Sometimes he has, you know, like, there's all these different looks. Sometimes he's really tall and skinny. Sometimes he's like a little elf. Sometimes, he, you know, there's all these different... Sometimes he's kind of creepy, scary looking. Sometimes he's kind of a stern old dude, you know. And he kind of... It all kind of depended on what, what the story was, what, you know, what what the point of the illustration was and who the artist was and what, you know, what they felt like and what they were trying to convey with their art. And so Santa was kind of, he was kind of whatever, whatever they felt like. And he kind of changed over time. And like, you know, in America, you know, we had kind of an image in our head for a long time because of the Twas the Night Before Christmas had, had like the physical description of him. But even within that, there was still, you know, different, there was still some wiggle room in, in what he could have looked like. And one of the first popular images that kind of stuck with people was in, um, around the time of the Civil War. Uh, the Thomas Nast uh, illustration that was for Harper's Weekly that I didn't realize until looking things up for this, which was, um, I didn't realize that the the first illustration that that Thomas Nast did wasn't the image that pops into my head when I think of that. It was actually an image of Santa Claus going to visit Union soldiers during the Civil War. He was at a Union soldier camp. 
Um, so it's totally not the image that I always think of because Thomas Nast did a lot of drawings of Santa Claus. And even that, though, is very much more pinched-faced and elfy and ruddy-cheeked and not... I mean, it's very much of the time. Very much mid-1800s kind of drawing. But even that kind of changed over time. And then, like, when you get into the 1900s and Coca-Cola had been using Santa in their ads for a while... But they kind of went with the department store Santa kind of idea. So Santa looked different because it was some guy dressed as Santa, you know, and it kind of it didn't become like this is the real Santa until they had to kind of find one that clicked with people, I guess. And it didn't happen until 1931 when this guy named Haddon Sundbloom, uh, an artist who worked for Coca-Cola, used his neighbor, who was just this fat, cute, bearded, retired salesman, as a model to make just like this really cute, like basically when you picture Coca-Cola Santa Claus, you know, it is a very specific look, and that look has not changed since 1931. Like every Coca-Cola Santa Claus. And right here was where I realized that Pitney's mic hadn't been working in like a really long time. I don't, I'm assuming it wasn't recording if it was muted on your end. No, god damn it. I'm sorry. Well, we'll just we'll figure it out. I don't know how much you were talking or how long it was muted, but it probably Yeah, no, I was just saying that I didn't know anything about that. No, I think that's really interesting. And it's really it's it's so cute cuz like you can I mean, if you go to the Coca-Cola website, they actually have a, like a little thing about it and there's like a little they actually at their headquarters, they have like a museum of um of like their advertising and there's like a whole section that's just for like their Santa Claus stuff because it's so fucking iconic. And um and of course it's occurring to me right now that we had when I was a kid a whole bunch of glasses like big tumbler glasses that were Coca-Cola Christmas glasses and I am willing to bet that my parents just threw them out. Because... Oh, they probably did. Because, you know, our parents, same age, same generation, they don't realize that cool stuff is cool stuff and they throw yeah. shit out. They God just damn They it. just will decide, oh, I need yeah. all new glasses. For no reason. Yeah. Like, there's, like, there's just nothing wrong with the old glasses. And the thing was, we used to use them year-round. So we used them to death. Yeah. I mean, and we put, and we washed them in the dishwasher. So it's not like we took really, really good care of them. It's not like we treated them like they were collectibles or anything. I mean, people would be so fucking horrified to see the condition that my mother's Pyrex primary uh, mixing bowls are in because of course she washed them in the dishwasher. But, but anyway, but yeah, so uh, Coca-Cola Santa Claus. uh, And and the thing is, so not only did Coca-Cola stick with one thing, but basically everyone else in America got with the fucking program and stopped changing the way Santa Claus looked. Like nobody, nobody was ever going to put Santa Claus 
in like long brown bishop's robes or anything ever again. Like no one was ever going to fuck with that. Not in America. I think he should be in white linen robes with deer horns. You know, but that's okay. Well, you know, we wouldn't want to, I mean, you know, we want to make sure that, that we don't confuse him with Krampus or something. You know, we want to yeah. make sure. Okay, but, but speaking of, but speaking of Santa, I just got to ask you, okay, we're the same, we're roughly the same age. Yeah. Did you believe in Santa when you were a kid? Absolutely. And when did you stop? Um... It's hard for me to know exactly what age, but I know it was before before I was nine, because okay. I know I know where we lived when I stopped because I saw because I saw the Muppet Show board game uh, on a shelf in a closet, and then I got it from Santa. Ah, okay. So that that ruined that. But I, but I faked it because obviously it was, you know, I was, because I, I think I probably figured I would get in trouble if I said something. So I didn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was just curious. Cause I remember I, I trying to think back if I did, I think I probably did. I mean, I didn't, but... I didn't believe in the stuff they said at church, but I believed in Santa Claus. Yeah, I think I did believe in Santa too, but I, but I don't remember how. No, I was just curious. Oh, no, I was I definitely just curious. Did. I used to, I used to think I heard. You know, I used to listen intently to hear like reindeer on the roof. I used to. Oh, totally. Oh, oh man, if I heard like even the tiniest sound outside, I was you know. Oh yeah. I, totally I think I did too, maybe. I don't know, but I, anyway, yeah, I was just curious. But I also, I mean, but when I was, you know, when I was little, you know, I lived in places, I lived in places that were fucking winter wonderlands. I mean, I lived in, in snowy, wintry places. Oh, that's true. Where, you know, Christmas was fucking awesome because it was winter yeah. and it was snowing and you could have, you know... White Christmas was a thing because I lived in places, you know, my my whole life until I moved to California, I lived in places where it snowed all the time. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say, I grew up here. Yeah. You know, in my suburban wonderland of 60 degrees on Christmas, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, you've lived in California and Texas. You haven't really had, I mean, at least in Texas it would get fucking cold, but you've never really had real winter down here. Yeah. Yeah. You had Texas winter, which is just ice storms in February, you know. <laughs> I know. It's gonna, I was just going to say that. That's so funny. I was going to say, well, it freezes in February. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember. Right. Oh, I lived yeah. there long enough to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's not Santa's job. You know, Santa, Santa's not The next uh, Christmas tradition, which I think I have the feeling that you might partake in this. I have this, I have this feeling. Do you on your Christmas tree? Is there a pickle? 
I... Let me tell you this. You probably remember this, and this is why you're asking me. I don't know what the fuck it means. No, I figured you didn't. But I remember several years ago, I bought... Or no, I was gifted... A pickle. An ornament of a pickle... That sang. That's right. That's what it was. And I was delighted. Because what the fuck? Why is because why is it's it a, a goddamn singing pickle? But because I love- had n- no concept of it other than it was the singing pickle novelty thing. Right. Do you remember? So what- is it actually a thing? Oh, it's because a thing. I oh, and I'm not, and I'm not faking this no, for no, the no, show. I, I really don't fucking know. See, because I had a memory of you having of having a pickle, but I but I had a feeling that there's no reason why you would have the pickle for the reason why other people have the pickle. Because yeah, you no, I, no, no. In fact, no, I just remembered. What is I bought sing? it myself. What is he saying? What's the, what is I it? don't remember. Is it a Christmas song though? Probably. Maybe. But no, no, I just remembered though. <laughs> I so bought it. Goes, Hi, I'm a pickle. <laughs> That's what it said. <laughs> Because you and I just, we love a pickle. No, 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 no. I'm not Why? joking. That's what it said. It said, ah, hi, I'm pickle. <laughs> I'm no, I'm not joking. That's what it said. And I remember, no, <laughs> I bought it myself. Because because it's awesome because it's a pickle. Because I saw it and I, I, I it was so funny and so stupid. I, I, yeah, I bought it. Exactly. So here's so is that and I and, and and again I want to say I'm not faking this no, for I the show. No, I, I honestly have no fucking clue. So here's so this is like really a thing. Well, here's here's what I love about <laughs> the pickle. I see. I just assumed I you know I just assumed it was one of those things that like oh it's obviously some great tradition from somewhere and it just didn't happen to you know because being someone who moved around all the time you know if we didn't live in the right place we missed out on things or we just you know we didn't live places long enough to catch on to things so i just assume if i don't know a thing that doesn't mean other all the families around us weren't doing a thing you know so i i totally get that there's all kinds of you know traditional things that i just don't know about and i assumed the Christmas pickle was one of those things. So I looked up <laughs> the Christmas pickle, which is also known as the Weihnachtsgerke. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, of course it is. The Weihnachtsgerke, which you, you put the adults, you know, the mommy or whatever, when decorating the tree, will hide the pickle somewhere on the tree. And then when when all the children come down Christmas morning, the child who finds the pickle uh-huh. is the winner. And most of the time... What 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 you get is you get to be the first to open a gift. 
Oh, okay. That's generally what most people say is the point of the pickle. Okay. Um, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of a cute tradition. It is cute. It is cute. Yeah, that, that's cute. And okay. generally, it's like in the Midwest, in the United States, um, everyone that is, everyone who does this, like every family... Everyone who is asked. So tell me about this tradition that your family has with the pickle. They all go, oh, you know, it's just, you know, we, my family's been doing it for generations. You know, it's an old German custom. And, you know, in the Midwest, you know, everyone's fucking German. You know, it's we have so many Germans in America. And it's <laughs> and, and frequently it'll be, well, you know, my grandfather was in the was in the army and he was stationed in Germany. So when he came back, he brought home a pickle. And, you know, it's it's always. I mean, <laughs> it's like. Everyone has this. It's also sounding so dirty to me, and I will. I know. When you're done, I will. Because I have a pornographic explanation of the pickle, but it's, I will. And it's not what you think, but I will is, tell you that after. It is so. <laughs> everyone has this heartwarming, adorable story about. Oh, it's just this great thing with our German heritage, and you know, it's this great German tradition. Yeah. Except, if you go to Germany and you talk to Germans, apparently, Germans go, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh. <laughs> Germans are like, why the fuck would there be, why would you put a pickle on your Christmas tree? Like, <laughs> Germans... Don't know what the it fuck... really is fucking weird. I think it's Germans <laughs> have no fucking idea what this is. So every single American who does this believes with all of their heart that this is a German tradition and that their whole family has been doing it for generations. And they've had this they've had this fucking pickle in their family. Like, oh, bless their hearts. And it came from Germany. And like, yo, my grandfather brought this this pickle from Germany when he came back from the war or whatever. And nobody in Germany has ever fucking heard of it, apparently. And the thing is, <laughs> I did not want to spend... I didn't want to spend all day looking further into this. Oh, no. That's so funny. I mean, I'm sure there's more... That I could find out, but I just really didn't want to go that far. But one thing that I did find out is that um, the city of Berrien Springs, Michigan, is the Christmas pickle capital of the world. Oh. And apparently, uh, the people there, um, they will happily tell you that uh, they 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 tell you that the story of the pickle. Uh, comes uh, is you know this medieval tale of these two Spanish boys, uh, who got you know stuffed into a pickle barrel by a really grumpy innkeeper one night, and um, y'all are gonna have to wait for the rest of that story, uh, for when I, for when I tell you uh, about this episode's featured saint. Oh, yeah. Okay. So just 
Hold on to your hats. Yeah. But, we, you know, when you were thinking about the pickle, mm-hmm. of course my mind always is in the gutter, because that's how I am. Of course. And I was just, okay, so if you're pondering Yule, it's cold, it's frozen, it's lonely, you're stuck in the tundra. Just you and your pickle? And you cannot get to, you know, your neighbors. And the pickle <laughs> is the only thing that makes these lonely husbands hungry for their real lovers, which are the other husbands from the farmhouses around. They're stuck with their wives, but they want their real lovers, which are their wives' husbands. And so the pickle is the nearest thing they have when they're fantasizing about their adulterous farmer lovers coming when the, when the snow thaws. That's my theory on the pickle. So the pickle just symbolizes the search... The search for the pickle. Is yeah, it, it is the winter dildo. While they're waiting for their real lovers to be able to come over. I mean, you know, these pickles are usually made of glass, but okay. <laughs> I mean. That's where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> and... Because, you know, we're talking about Germans, the pickles are, you know, they're, they're uncut. Oh, I know, but... They're, the, they're uncut cucumbers. Yeah, the pickle is the winter dildo. <laughs> Wouldn't that be more of a, well, no, I guess... It, that would be a good name. That would be a good name for an for a novel or an album. Winter dildo. Dil, dildo of winter. Winter dildo. Because it would make no fucking sense. <laughs> I think a butternut squash would be more of a. No, maybe not. But that <laughs> would be more of that you know would be the, the winter SPH. Yeah, that would be more the SPH. A butternut squash? <laughs> That's the winter fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> seeds or no seeds? Oh, see- no, seeds are, seeds are just texture. <laughs> seeds are the texture. Oh, God. All right, no, wait, I'm not done yet. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
gather round, kids. I want to tell you a Christmas story about a guy who took the money he inherited from his rich parents to keep three women from becoming prostitutes, stopped a storm at sea just by yelling at it, slapped a man so hard his ass fell out, chopped down a sacred tree that was possessed by a demon, and saved three little boys who were chopped up into bits and pickled, and when he brought them back to life, they jumped out of the pickle barrel singing Glory Hallelujah. What? Of course it's a Christmas story, Timmy. Drink your cocoa. "'Twas a night during famine when an innkeeper swine cut up three little boys and tossed them in the brine. "'Cause a couple of weeks in the pickling drum he could sell them as pieces of ham. "'Fucking scum!' "'But this jerk didn't have the slightest idea that trusty St. Nicholas soon would appear.' Ignoring the innkeeper's fury and noise, Nick got to quick work resurrecting the boys. The father, he said, and the son, they could hear it, and hand side to side, he said, the Holy Spirit. And he said it, and said it, and still he repeated, until, quite alive, by all three he was greeted. The story is scant on details and facts. No idea what became of the three naked brats. But I'm sure, Nick exclaimed, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. Hey, psst! Be sure to listen all the way to the end of the outro music so that you can find out what I meant when I said that St. Nicholas slapped a guy so hard that his ass fell out. Because that really is a thing. I want to talk about and this one chaps my ass Ugh. and this one I want to talk about it because it has first of all it has the nerve to present itself as if it's a tradition when really it's just one woman whose parents were terrible and um Apparently she must have been a rotten kid and they weren't good parents. So they decided to do this stupid shit and then, you know, convinced her that this was normal behavior. And then, um, when she was an adult and had children, she decided she was going to torture her children like this. And then one day they decided, let's write a book and we'll just, we'll just convince the world that this is normal and then everyone will do it. And I'm talking about Elf on the Shelf. Oh, God damn it! And I gotta say, I literally did not know what the fuck that was. As well you shouldn't. Until I started working at Target. Mm. And I still don't know what the fuck it is. I only know it is some stupid thing that we sell. 
that and people place orders you, for. No, this fucking thing irritates me more than anything else in the holidays, other than ornaments. Having to look for goddamn ornaments that people order online. Oh, especially when they all get jumbled up on the floor and you and they're yeah. put back in the wrong place. Oh, I'm sure that's terrible. But the only thing that irritates me more is goddamn Elf and his Shelf because they order by goddamn eye color. Ugh. Ugh. And they all look fucking the same. Yeah, I only just recently learned that. And you're scanning. Oh, is this brown eyes? Oh, is this hazel eyes? Oh, is this blue eyes? And it's really, what's really gross to me is like, I mean, I know you have blue eyes. I totally know that, right? The majority of American, white Americans have brown eyes. The majority of people on the planet have brown eyes. Yeah. Nobody orders the goddamn brown-eyed elf on the shelf. Because that's some common shit. <laughs> and we have to scan every one of these goddamn fucking dolls in a box to figure out the right one. And I'm not going to lie, there's been many times where I've just typed in the goddamn number and just shipped the brown-eyed one to somebody and... <laughs> They better fucking like it. <laughs> you'll get a brown-eyed elf and you'll fucking like it. You're, all, you're already an asshole if you're buying one. But anyway, other than that, I've never even fucking heard of it. I honestly, I don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, well, you're about to find out. All right, tell me. Yeah, you are about I don't to find know what out. the fuck it is. And, um, yeah, so... All right. Now, um, I I will start out by saying, um, if any of our listeners, you know what, I I don't I don't think any of our listeners would do this. I don't think any of our listeners would seriously do Elf on a Shelf with their children. Uh, because if you listen to us, either you don't have children, or you're not a lazy piece of shit. You know, you you take parenting seriously, so. And I, and I will say right now, no, I don't have children, but I have opinions. And I also was once a child who was fucking terrified of ever being in trouble or doing anything wrong. So I have a lot of very strong opinions about parenting. Um, so the, the basic thing to understand about Elf on the Shelf is that... It is a spy for Santa. It is a surveillance device for Santa. So Santa seeing you when you're sleeping and knowing when you're awake, yada yada. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that is not apparently um, children who need more than that in order to. I mean, you know, the whole Santa's gonna Santa. You better be good, or else you don't get presents isn't good enough uh if if you're if if that's the only thing that makes your children behave and it's not strong enough then then you need to put a goddamn spy in your house and the idea is that the elf you know like in toy story um when the people are around they're frozen they don't move 
But if no one's around, they can move because they're alive. So imagine this, like a kid wakes up in the morning and he comes into the kitchen and there's an elf sitting on the shelf. And that kid is told, okay, little Timmy, um, that elf is, came down from the North Pole and he's watching you. And if you do anything bad, he's going to fucking tell Santa. His job is to report to Santa uh... what a little asshole you are. And the way that Timmy and, 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 oh, and you also tell Timmy, if you touch the elf, the elf will die. That's how you keep the child from touching the elf or from. I would say touch the elf, let the elf die. And then Santa thinks you're fabulous. Like throw the elf in the trash. Like I would, yeah, I would, be, yeah. I would have been so traumatized. I would say touch the elf, throw him in the garbage, and let Santa think you're fabulous. <laughs> no, but if if the elf dies, then he knows that the kid murdered the elf, and now the kid is never getting a present ever See, again. See, that is life. just goddamn pro parental bullshit, and I oh, it gets, hate anything that's pro parent. It gets worse. It gets worse. Uh, These are people who will not make the effort to be parents, but get this. In order to give the illusion that the elf is alive, so the kid goes to school. Now when the kid comes home, the elf is somewhere else in the house. Because the elf moved. Uh, and then the kid goes to bed and then again the elf and he gets up the next morning and now the elf has moved again here's the thing these fucking parents who do this not only do they just have to keep moving that elf around but they go to all this effort to not only move the elf around but they do little projects to creatively pose their elves in such a way that it's so cute and so funny that they take pictures of them and post them online to impress the other parents. Oh my God. And I'm just going to say this right now, and I am not going to name any names, but when I went online... Uh, onto Facebook, because I'm going to tell, I am going to tell a story of a friend of mine who she had, uh, her, her, my friend, her children were exposed to elf on the shelf through the, through a fucking teacher at school. There was an elf in the goddamn classroom. Uh huh. So her children were like, what the hell is this elf shit? There's this elf in my classroom. What the hell? And so my friend was like, yeah, apparently it's a thing. Like, my friend didn't want to, like, ruin the thing with the teacher because she's like, oh, fuck, now I got to deal with this elf crap. Yeah. Because she wasn't going to do it. So she played along, but she did it her own way by saying, yeah, apparently uh, elves are around. Like, we don't have an elf because apparently Santa's cool with you guys. Like, he doesn't need to send anybody to us. Because Santa doesn't need to spy on you because you guys are fine. But maybe, um, maybe if, if, if you were, if you thought there might be an elf checking, you know, 
in the house at night, maybe maybe you guys could like, you know, set some traps. So her kids started designing and setting traps around their house hoping to catch an elf. Oh, how fabulous. That was the greatest fucking thing. It made me so happy cuz I'm like, see, your kids are awesome. But but the reason And of I- course they never did catch an elf because, you know. Well, my friend was considering the possibility of just buying a cheap a cheap elf for the purpose of her kids getting to catch one that was dead. She thought that would be really fucking funny. I know, but it's also kind of weird, you know. She, she, because her kids were like really excited about the possibility of catching an elf. Yeah. And possibly killing one because why, because her kids, her kids are weird and fabulous. But when I was searching on Facebook, because I remembered all this, so I was looking, um, I also found a friend of yours who whose name I will bleep when I do the show. Oh, oh okay. Um, who not only was uh, doing Elf on the Shelf, but uh, who belonged to a group on Facebook, Elf on the Shelf Ideas, and just posting huge numbers of pictures and ideas and interacting with strangers uh, you know about the elves that lived in their house who were you know living in their bathroom and this one I'll really yes I'm gonna read you one of them wow I'm surprised okay wow okay Earlier oh this week, my God. earlier this week, my girls discovered two elves on their great grandmother's Christmas tree. They had been used as ornaments since my mom was little. My mom told the girls that they were her elf on the shelves when she was small, but her little brother touched them and they never went back to the North Pole. Needless to say, Ugh. they were pretty upset and wanted to help, so they told their elves about it. Today, the elves showed up with an envelope of magical elf powder and instructions from Santa on what to do so that the old elves would have enough magic to go back to the North Pole with Santa tonight. And it's like, um, or you could just fucking, uh, just. Or you could spank the girls saying if they don't you know they obviously don't deserve anything and they can't write a letter which would be more valuable but anyway okay which i guess i guess some variation on the the elves will die is that they just lose their magic which i guess is the nicer way of saying it but you know an elf that has no magic might as well be fucking dead but yeah so um everything about elf on the shelf makes me really fucking angry uh and it, you know, and the thing is, like, when it was first hitting big, and I swear to God, if you Google Elf on the Shelf, you will be enraged on a level that you may never come off of it. It's so uh. fucking enraging. And when I first heard of it, everything was talking about that it was a tradition. And I'm like, it's not a tradition, though, because I've never heard of it before. But everyone you talk to, everyone online was talking about, oh, no, it's a tradition. As if it's been going on forever. And it's like, oh, no, yeah, we sell the fuck out of it at Target. It is like a huge area and they're decimated in a day. 
But like, if if these people wrote that book in two thousand five, at most, the kids who might have had it in two thousand five, like if their parents did it in two thousand five, those kids are old enough now. I guess those kids are old enough now to maybe have babies now. I guess if my math isn't horrible, but. Even that's pushing it. Yeah, that's pushing it. But, but it's so... It makes me so goddamn angry. And it's like... You can't even have a cute little elf Christmas ornament anymore. Without everything has to be... Oh, that elf is alive. No, fuck you. And I am... Ki- and there, there's also... People go out of their way to, like... Make stupid, like... TikTok videos and YouTube videos... Where it's like, oh, look, it's evidence that the elf is moving. Like, they put, like, fishing line on it. It's like, oh, look, it's moving. And it's like, they're going to all this effort and getting millions of hits. And it's like, but it's stupid. It's all stupid. And, oh, God. It's just just like, God, God damn it. God damn it. We have to stop this. It's child abuse. It's child abuse. And it's. It's so dumb. And you're making horrible people rich. The people who Uh. started this, it all started with an idea that was horrible to begin with. And it's ugly and it's awful. And it's fucking child abuse and it needs to stop. Police Navidad this Christmas. When we're away, we know you miss us. All I can say is excuse my Christmas. So, everybody, uh, we're going to wrap this up and everybody just have a a happy holiday, however however it is that you celebrate. And happy Yule. Merry Christmas. Everybody have a fabulous time. Everybody enjoy your, your, your Vinoxx Gurkha. And I want every man out there for Christmas to put on a pair of pumps at least four inches high. And God damn it, I asked for those cha-cha heels and I better get. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, look, I really wanted to tell this story too, but I didn't want to interrupt the flow of the St. Nicholas thing. So I can't remember how I originally stumbled upon the story of the death of Arius, 
but for reasons that will become apparent, it was something I kept handy for a long time, like months, knowing that it would be something I would refer to at some point this year. I didn't know when or how or even why, but I just knew I would talk about him. And then I'm scrolling through this list of miracles that Nicholas of Myra did, and in the middle of it, this one article goes into this story about how when Nick was a bishop, he went to this big meeting where all these bishops were discussing the nature of the Holy Trinity, the meeting that resulted in the Nicene Creed, for those of you keeping score, and one of the other bishops didn't think Jesus was an equal part of the Trinity, and that pissed Nicholas off so much, he slapped him across the face. And it was such a slap that Nicholas was like, thrown in chains, blah, 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 who cares? But the dude he slapped? His name was Arius. And I'm thinking, could it be the same Arius? And I checked, and it totally was. And the thing is, Arius died like almost immediately after all that. Like all the arguing was still going on, and the dude ended up with what was considered by many to be a divinely inflicted case of severe gastrointestinal distress. He violently spewed vomit, shit, and intestines from his mouth and anus, and ended up dead on the floor of a public latrine, and everyone said it was retribution for his heresy. So, no, technically, St. Nicholas didn't actually slap Arius so hard that his ass fell out. But God damn it, that's hilarious. Fa la 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 la. la. <laughs>